Welcome back to Power Retail Power Talks. Join me in bite-sized discussions with industry leaders and professionals as they share their exclusive insights into the dynamic world of e-commerce. This episode is part of a special sustainability-focused mini-series. I'm your host, Rosalie, and for this episode, I sat down with Daniel Bracken, CEO of Michael Hill, to talk about their Recycle Gold Recycling Program. We covered it in the sustainability spotlight, but today we found out more about the program, Michael Hill's broader ESG scope, and how the program is already making a difference. Thanks for coming on, Daniel. To kick this off, could you tell our listeners about the Michael Hill Recycle Program? I'd love to. Thank you. Um, Recycle at Michael Hill um, is, in our view, not in our view, is the first of its kind, uh, delivering a true circularity program for a major jewellery retailer in Australia. Uh, We've built a pretty sophisticated digital platform um, that gives, I guess, the customer in its simplest form the opportunity to have jewellery that they no longer wear, they've broken, it might be damaged, it was gifted to them by someone that maybe they don't like anymore, um, uh, the opportunity to give it new love and new life by sending it to us for evaluation. Uh, we effectively provide um, an immediate valuation at the current market price. Well, we firstly validate the quality of the gold, uh, and then we pretty much immediately provide uh, a current market valuation on current spot rate. And if the customer is happy uh, to proceed with that transaction, uh, they almost immediately or instantaneously get a Michael Hill gift card to the value of that product. Um, we then which they can then go and spend and buy new jewellery. We then take that gold uh, on a sort of monthly batch cycle process and send it to our refiner, uh, who then melts it down and it goes back into our gold supply chain to produce new new products. So it's a, a truly end-to-end circular proposition that I guess, you know, being selfish, I've spent, you know, 25 years in sort of fashion retail before I, I arrived in jewellery and, it's a pretty unique opportunity that jewellery has been that the, the the precious metals and the stones, and we haven't yet built a program for stones, but that's certainly in the on the roadmap, um, is product that lives forever and can be re, re, regurgitated, if you like, into something new and very unusual. And it's such a great opportunity in our category to do that. And I'm wondering how it ties in with Michael Hall's overall sustainability goals and support that decarbonization journey that you're on yeah we, we've set out uh, a 2030 esg or sustainability manifesto three main pillars around people planet and product within each of those pillars we then have sub pillars so there's actually nine sub pillars across the whole manifesto and one of those city under product is an innovation pillar uh, and we see this tying in perfectly with that innovation pillar. Um, it's about us continually challenging ourselves to think about product differently. Um, and through introduction of circularity uh, al- allows us to deliver on that innovation promise and deliver on uh, a true sustainable product opportunity. As I said earlier, precious metals and stones, if treated correctly, can live forever. 
uh, and they don't decay. Um, and we saw that potential for us to reduce our reliance on, if you like, virgin gold, mined gold, uh, and to start reusing uh, raw materials that were available to us. Um, within uh, our sustainability manifesto, uh, we also have a commitment to growing our repairs business. We currently repair over 400,000 pieces of jewellery a year across the three markets that we operate in globally, um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and and we look, we're looking to double that repair program. Again, that's, that's about um, giving new life to old loves, if you like, and, and uh, avoiding the need to go and buy new, refresh old product. And then separately, uh, later this year, uh, in fact, later this month, uh, we're launching a new program. We're starting in, in New Zealand where you can actually come in and trade up uh, a diamond product. So say you bought a one carat engagement ring, you could bring that back to Michael Hill. If you bought it from Michael Hill, you could bring that back to Michael Hill uh, and get the full value redeemed on that one carat and buy a two carat and take that uh, credit against the two carat. So we're, we're calling it a trade up program uh, and we're launching that in New Zealand. All of these initiatives really we see as being a retail leader, retail first, and all of them tying back into our broader ESG positioning and strategy. And what are the benefits of integrating sustainability into your business operations and that circularity? What are the, the changes that you've made on top of that? And are you seeing any data coming through where you can really track its impact? Yeah, look, I think I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously not originally Australian. I'm originally a Brit. Um, it's quite amazing coming from Europe to here. Sustainability and ESG and CSR, as it used to be called, um, when I left the UK in 2011, was almost becoming embedded in companies' operating models and mantras and and it's still relatively new here. Um, we're, in our view, we're reasonably well down the path and ahead of certainly a lot of the other jewellery competitors and I think a lot of other discretionary retailers in taking a position on this, taking a statement on this. Um, I, I hold the view it's not an option. Um, you know, it's something we just had to do. Uh, and we want to be a responsible business and we want to stay ahead of the curve in that space. Um, we we now have embedded it so much in our organization that it's it's not a separate function. Everyone operates in their daily functions with a mindset of sustainability first. Um, why why do we want to do it? Well, I, as I said earlier, I don't think it's a, a choice anymore. Um, we think it helps engage with a younger consumer that really does care. Our next generation of customers care more and more. Um, about the environment and the planet and the operations that, that they purchase from. Um, our team, we've been blown away by actually how deeply our teams care about this, uh, more so than we ever imagined. Um, you know, they, they want to understand the environment, the product that they're selling was produced in, that the staff were treated fairly, that there's real transparency around the origin of the products and the roots of the products. Um, it does wonders for your brand and your brand image. Um, so all of these things are 
real benefits for us making this investment in this program. Um, I think the second part of your question was how do we, what data do we track? Well, we, we have a, a, a quarterly brand tracking exercise we do with a third party agency. It's 20 or 30 different questions that are asked of the market. And there's a whole bunch in there around sustainability. Uh, and our brand tracking is showing that people are listening to what we're doing, care about what we're doing, are really interested in what we're doing. Um, our recycle program itself, it's only been live for, gosh, three or four months now. And we've transacted over a quarter of a million dollars of product with people. We've given back a quarter of a million dollars, if you like, of gift cards to people, which is a pretty sizable number for something that we've still kept relatively low key. Um, we have provenance tracking now on some of our products in our business, and you can track the provenance and the path of provenance of those products through a QR code. And we're seeing about 90% of the time customers that buy that product actually do go back post-purchase uh, and try to understand that. So, And then outside of that, things like social media channels and the level of engagement that we're getting across the industry um, really gives us comfort and confidence and determination that we're on the right path here. Fantastic. And so you touched on why it's important that businesses adopt these practices. You know, you've got that expectation and that, I mean, you have to do it. It's very obvious now. It feels like second nature. But what are those key obstacles that businesses are facing when it comes to actually selling these sustainable initiatives? Is there anywhere that Michael Hill struggled on the journey and how did you really overcome those? I, I, work, I, work, I have worked with and know a number of colleagues that have pushed hard into the sustainability space. And, and it's not easy at the beginning. Um, you know, everything feels like it's incremental cost, incremental effort, trying to convince people it's the right thing to do. And I think it's fair to say it's almost a bit like a startup. You have to work really hard initially and it feels at times like, is it really worth it? Is it ever going to work? But once you get the momentum benefits flow naturally and that's probably one of the big plus sides of it i think specifically um industry regulations in this space aren't consistent and aren't as good as they should be you know the a triple c's very very clear on a you know no nonsense view around greenwashing and yet many of our competitors are claiming for an example that their laboratory grown diamonds are fully sustainable and they're not we as an ASX listed retailer take those promises to our customers very seriously. We have to, we're a listed company. We're completely transparent and everything we do is backed up by genuine claims and, and, and certification. And unfortunately not everyone plays that game. Everyone uses these terms around sustainable and climate neutral and not very many businesses can actually prove it. And in our category, we can prove it. We are. As one global standard for um, for sustainable carbon neutral lab grown diamonds, and we're the only accredited retailer in Australia, New Zealand that has that accreditation, and yet everyone claims it. So, so that there needs to be more, I guess, regulatory control. I think that they, that it creates a consistent playing field, um, and I guess probably a personal frustration is we're trying to lead 
our run our own race, but not just for us. We actually want to be a leader that drags the whole industry along with us. And that's frustrating. There's, there's, you know, there's people on the bus and people clearly not on the bus. And, and it, you know, it, it's, I guess I struggle at times with the lack of progression um, that, that you see universally across, across any landscape, but in particular retail. It does seem that there's people actively trying to stop the bus as well. So that must be a bit of a struggle. Absolutely. So Absolutely. You, you touched on the uh, 2030 goals for the company. What's really those next steps to get you there? And where would you like to see Michael Hill 10 years down the line? Oh, I'll take the second one first. I mean, 10 years from now, I'd like us to be regarded as the most sustainable jewellery brand in the world. Um, we've coined a, our own hashtag, the jeweler that cares. Um, and we do. We're in an industry that has arguably some challenging reputational issues, you know, around diamonds and how gold is traded and, and everything we sell is comes out of the ground. And so I think we, it's incumbent on us to take a leading position. Um, and and I, I I'm confident that we will we already are a leading jeweler globally in this in the sustainability space and I'd like to be seen as the most sustainable brands in the world. Um, you know, again, there's things that are coming to the industry that aren't nice to do's anymore. The whole mandatory reporting that's coming around carbon emissions. You know, again, we're ahead of the game there, but, you know, everyone needs to know this is coming like a freight train. Governments are going to be taking very strong positions on this and you need to get on board. We will be completely carbon neutral in 10 years from now. That's absolutely one of our goals. Um, you know, we want to have an array, a variety of different circularity programs. I've talked about two or three today, but because of the category and the product we deal with, we could have more and, I'd love us to have a portfolio of circularity options and initiatives. Um, we've already got a highly ethical supply chain, but it can always become more ethical. So we want to, have to take a leading position in supply chain transparency uh, and ethical sourcing. Um, I guess there are probably our or my big visions for where we want to get to in 10 years from now. And we're really on that path. So many of the things we've laid out in our 2030 manifesto have drop dead dates in 24, 25, 26. You know, there's only a handful of our goals that are 2030 enabled. The the bulk of them come live well before that. Fantastic. That's all my questions for you. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for the time, Rosalie. I've really enjoyed it and uh, enjoyed meeting you. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Michael Hill's gold recycling program in the Sustainability Spotlight, a report Power Retail developed in association with the Purpose Agents that highlights the sustainability efforts of Australian retailers across a variety of industries and categories.